Hey, you want to watch some TV or something? Skip it. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Nothing but foul language and toilet humor. I'm disgusted and repulsed and and I can't look away. I need these things! I need these things! This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Hello, friends and listeners. You've got Watch Skip Plus in your ears. We are a movie review podcast with a lifestyle twist. That twist being that before we get into a new movie review of a new streaming or theatrical movie, each of our hosts and maybe even a guest will have what's called a plus, and that is a lifestyle review. It can be a referral. It can be anything relevant to entertainment, a news item, a play, anything, anything we want. I am Cupcake, and I'm here with my co-host, Red the Cinemascus, Justin the Red. Justin, how are you? I'm, I'm doing very well. Uh, I don't have any referrals this week, but I can validate your parking, folks. If you want to just mail that to me, I'll uh, get that back to you. <laughs> I can refer a couple uh, raunchy websites and a nice <laughs> psychiatrist if you would like. Uh-huh. I might take that ladder after today's film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, it tra- was this... A little traumatizing for you? Maybe. Maybe Uh, not? (laughs) We'll get there. Okay. So, so first of all, the movie that we are reviewing is the Shudder-exclusive streaming Skinamarink. Or maybe it's pronounced Skinamarink. Or... I did look up pronunciation online and it being uh, stated in other songs. And I traditionally hear Skinamarink. So, we'll go with that. But I was thinking for a while... I was thinking it was Skinamarink for a while, but you know, it could be Skinamarink. Uh, anyway, there was a, there's a lot of there was a lot of buzz over the fact that Shutter had gotten the internet distribution rights to this film. It was kind of buzzy at its little festival things, um, but we have a few guests. So, welcoming back to our show, we have the Death by DVD Boys. Linus Fitness Center and Harry, how are you guys? Not doing too bad. Thank you so much for having us back on. At this point, we have more regular Watch Skip Plus appearances than we have episodes coming out of Death by <laughs> DVD. So, very nice to be back on. Yeah, thank you for having us again and keeping keeping us going. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. We're uh, we're kind of keeping you energized in your lulls. I love it. It's so helpful. Did- and we appreciate it. Yeah, the Death by DVD boys have uh, guested on a number of our shows. The last one was Megan, which uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like that movie came and went, right? There was not. It's just it's weird even thinking about like, did I see that? I saw that like a couple days ago, not days ago, but weeks ago in theaters. And it feels like maybe I saw it in late 97. 
<laughs> yeah. it doesn't I seem like I saw that relevantly at all. I mean, it, it made money, and it's just a matter. It's a victim of most releases now, where they get a couple of weeks in the theater and then they drop it on VOD. So it's getting somewhat renewed interest, but it's just it's making it feel odd because we were the victims, is what yeah. I'm going to say. <laughs> um, no, 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 actually, you know, it, for what it was, anyway. If you want our thoughts, review that episode. But nonetheless, <laughs> the sequel got greenlit. Um, and of course, just pigging back or going back, uh, the Death, Death by DVD boys uh, were on our Halloween Ends episode as well as the Bones and All episode. I believe Bones and All is probably going to end up streaming or hitting VOD soon. So uh, if you watch that, Cannibals in Love, Young Cannibals in Love, definitely revisit our episode. Uh, but we have some we have some pluses to go through, and I will start with our illustrious guests. Who would like to plus first? You want to go, Linus, or, or should I take the plunge? Uh, plunge away. Uh, mine's kind of easy. I've I've been watching Takashi Miike a lot lately, and previously I was really only familiar with Ichi the Killer. And I've explored as I'm exploring his movies. He has over like 125 credits of a very lengthy list uh, of of being a director. I have been just enamored by his work and how most of it's very multicultural. It's always it's very multi-layered, beautifully shot, decadent with violence and just ultimately depressing. But one of those like Ingmar Bergman type of depressing life movies. It's very it's 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 more artsy than it is filth. And it's very bizarre to me to start um uh, finding more and more of this person's work that's always talked about as a master of horror. And most of their work is though violent, very dramatic and very human based. And um, he reminds me of like John Cassavetes a lot. And I'm just in love with Takashi Miike this month. Nice. Japanese yeah. John Cassavetes. I mean, <laughs> Weird reference. I, I see it though. I can see it. And Yakuza and um, crazy gay boys. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's a, lot. a lot, a lot of that. He's also more versatile than I think you're having the same reaction, Harry. When I first started digging into some of his stuff, you just kind of expect your Ichi the Killers, but it's like so all over the place in a good way with both bizarre but understated. And I'll never probably see all of his movies because yeah, there's it's, so many. It, it's it's not only astounding how many directs, but you would think quality would drop since he churned so many out and i'm sure some of them they do but he seems to have a pretty good track record even when you have so many in close proximity and you, you think of a director like a terrence malick who for a while there was just taking decades to make a movie and then when he started kind of making them back to back recently i thought the quality was dropping a bit so i'm like maybe you should take a note out of uh, mike's book just never stop shooting i think is maybe his method to things of just he he just consistently has worked every day since like 1995 he's probably yeah. shooting like three films right now yeah should we just call him <laughs> should we just call him a cinematic shark he never wants to stop swimming i mean literally quite literally mm. um you know uh, i'm sorry linus i cut you off what were you uh, what was your comment uh, it was nothing useful. I was just going to say he's done, he's, he's done some great episodes of Ultraman as well. He has. Oh, yes. Yeah, he has. The only so constant thing with Mike definitely is sodomy, though. He has a weird obsession <laughs> with with sodomy in general uh, of all shapes and sizes. He's not prejudiced <laughs> at all. No, he is not. So let me ask you, Harry, what is what what have you visited or seen of Miyake that really, really made an impact? Or, the, the or second, just showed off his versatility. 
the the one that really like hit me and I just had to sit. I didn't even watch anything for the rest of the day was the second Dead or Alive film. Um, it might be the third Killing Birds. I, th- I think it's the second one. But it, okay. uh, that trilogy itself, none of them are connected, but it's all the same two actors. And each film kind of triples itself with violence. And then there's a film called Rainy Dogs, and I just recently watched that, and that just left me. It, it was one of those movies that I finished it and was like, do I like movies? Is, <laughs> did, did I enjoy myself here? And I just had to sit and reflect on it because it's not. He, he shows so much on screen that isn't really pleasant. And some of the stories are just so morose and heartbreaking. You get to the end of it and it's like, why did I sit through all of this pain and then you start reflecting and realizing and looking at all these different things and some things are lost culturally on me but for the most part it's the emotion that's on screen and sometimes I just feel such uh, sadness and it's so pure that somebody could film that and make that response in another human and I'm really enchanted by that I just love any form of emotion even and we'll definitely talk about this later even if it's bad emotion I can still appreciate that yeah I, um, I'm really drawn to his Yakuza epics and then, um, his, uh, samurai stuff like they 13 assassins and Harakiri and, um, some of those other movies. I mean, he's, he's just crazy. And I swear he did a movie called like, it was called like love boy a or something like that. It was like a gay theme thing. Uh, what was it called? Finding it. It's probably under the, uh, Japanese title but that one really struck me struck me too as like I'm like is this the same guy this is the audition director um, yeah which by the way you know I uh, I I uh, dragged my husband to see audition when they were playing it at one of um, at a, one of our arts theaters or what have you and it was like you know when it gets to that crazy finale like people were just like and I'm done and they got up and they were like <laughs> leaving um, we lost like three quarters of our audience. And then at the end of the movie, I I turned to Scooter and I was like, well, what did you think? And he was like, yeah, you're not choosing movies for the next two months. Let's go. Uh, so you can't get him to watch Big Bang Love, Juvenile A. I believe that's the movie you were thinking of. <laughs> what yes, a title. I'm sorry. Wow. That's, yes, I'm sorry. That's that's the one. Why did, did I say Love Boy? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, you're not that far off. Love <laughs> is in there. Big Bang. Like Juvenile. Fuck Boy A. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, that one, that one, if you can track that down, it's... It's fantastic. It's uh, impressionistic and gay and wonderful. Has has Scooter since seen at least like Thirteen Assassins and that? Because that's more accessible for him. I'd feel. Oh yeah, I have uh, I have multiple copies of that movie. I'm obsessed with that movie. So nice. yeah, I just wasn't sure if he heard that name and he has like PTSD now. With it. he's like, no, no, Mike, you watch it on your own. <laughs> um, I'm happiness of the Katakura is next. Yeah. A big suggestion with Miki, I think, if you're unfamiliar with his work, is finding the film Terraformars or Terraformers. And that yes. is it, I, that was the one where I'm like, this isn't the same fucking guy. There's this is not the same person at all. This is this is almost child based. And then it begins really dark. Uh, it gets yeah, yeah, yeah. drastically dark. And yeah, I think Yakuza Apocalypse felt the same way as well. Um, yeah. Anyway, Linus, any any other comments about uh Miyaki before we move on um not especially um I think he's like <laughs> I think he's actually slowed down a bit um since at one point he was doing like 10 films a year but uh 
but I think yeah. he's on a, a he's still tuning out a ridiculous amount of stuff, but uh, not quite at that rate, I think. Wait, Justin, what was that called again? Big Big Bang Boy Love? I was, uh, Big Bang <laughs> Love Zinga. Juvenile A, I believe. Let me make sure I have that. <laughs> Good God. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Linus, you have a plus. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> well, as, uh, as well as uh, Stinkamarink, uh, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> Trinkadink. Yes, I, I, I went to the cinema and saw um, the new Mark Jenkins film, uh, Ennis Maine. And oh. yeah, I wish we were talking about this one tonight instead. Spoilers. <laughs> wah, wah. Wait, wait, what's the title again? Ennis uh, Ennis Main, but it's spelt Ennis Men. The trailer uh, played before Infinity Pool when I got to see it, and that I, I you had said you were going to see it that night, and I was like, I don't know, that looks like a typo. I don't know what he's talking about, and I never commented back to you. About it. <laughs> It's uh, it's Cornish. Trans- it translates as Stone Island. Oh. It's kind of like uh, if David Lynch directed an early seventies uh, British public information film. It's uh, it's <laughs> shot on shot on sixteen millimeter and with all the sound added in post. At sort of the same approach he took with his previous film Bait. Um, it's the uh, the setup as 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 much as you can summarize it is uh it's uh, a lady who's a volunteer um on an uninhabited uh, cornish island um and she has a daily routine of taking soil temperature readings and then dropping a stone down a mine shaft and then things get very weird um and uh Time seems to be happening all at once, and there's lots of spooky and psychological goings on. And uh, and yeah, it's I've I've heard um, again spoilers for uh, stinking me dinks, um, but uh, but uh, I I mean that that's that's clearly going for a sort of dreamlike feel, but this felt a lot more sort of dreamy to me. Um, and I, I couldn't tell you what it all means, and I don't really want to know. It's, it's, it was excellent. Uh, great score as well, also by Mark Jenkin. It was kind of like a blend of um, like BBC Radiophonic Workshop sort of uh, synth textures and meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre style screeching and noises. It's, uh, it's well worth checking out. I am glad that you are recommending it because they actually did show this trailer, not before Infinity Pool for me, but before I saw Skinny Mink Coat in the theater. Skinny Mink and Coat. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with new nicknames. <laughs> Skinny I wrote Mink a Coat. list. I have a, that's all my notes are for this episode is a list. I, I, I left it in the other room before we started. So now I have to, I'm trying from memory. I'm like, no, I had like 25 good ones. <laughs> good ones. I'm sure they were all better than Skinny Mink Coat, but I was trying there off the top of my head. We're just going to uh, call it Skidmark, but anyway. Skidmark works. But I saw it before seeing that, and I, I was very intrigued by it. But then after, spoiler alert, seeing Skidmarinkadinkadink, uh, I was very underwhelmed by that. And Jose and I saw the trailer for that while when at the Draft House back in December, and I thought it looked really cool. So I was like, oh, shit, mm. don't tell me this is another experimental that looks good, but ends up not working for me. So that's that's good to hear. I don't know if that actually means it'll show at our Regal or if they were just like, look, this is yeah. the only appropriate thing to play before this movie. So Yeah, well, yeah, well you know, your, your mileage may vary because um, it starts out quite repetitive and before it gets um, very strange. Um, but I just found it sort of unsettling and weirdly calming in 
equal measure and sort of came out of the cinema and bumped into someone I knew and was just kind of sort of too discombobulated to really have a coherent conversation with them. I was just like, uh, uh, just went to see a film. Uh, hello. <laughs> when you were summarizing it, I, I started to picture, what's that Bjork song where she's like, I'm at my cliff throwing Oh, Hyper Ballad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that song. Um, <laughs> yeah. I pictured yeah. her and then suddenly mm. things were going wrong. <laughs> For, for the bingo card, uh, if you sing, do they still get to place that, or is it only if I sing? No, I think it's supposed to be you. <laughs> uh, well, maybe it'll come naturally. I feel like I'm cheating now if I start to sing. <laughs> um, Linus, Mark Jenkins, apparently Bait is not the shark movie I thought that it was. No, sadly not. It's, it's, uh, it's a little, um, again, Cornish film, um, a sort of uh, little drama about fishermen and uh, sort of class tensions when uh, sort of rich London types move into their area. And um, hmm. yeah. So it's not the 2000 action thriller starring Jamie Foxx <laughs> and Mike Epps? <laughs> Sadly not oh, again. Oh God, that one. <laughs> I Famous Cornish to... actor Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> I had to That's... look it up because I remember the title and I was like, wasn't that a Jamie Foxx movie? And I was just like, okay. I've seen the shark one, not the actual Jamie Foxx. But... In Cornish, Sorry. that's Jaime Foix. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I had no idea. I don't even... <laughs> You're saying Cornish, and I don't even know what country that is. This is how terrible. That's, this, that's UK. That's, that's, uh, that's the, the very bottom of the UK, the very south. The little tip. Got it. The t- just yeah, the tip. Just, you just will remember tip. because of the tip. I saw your eyes light up when he said tip. Yeah, you know, Jose. It's, it's one of the... Up. It's one of the few parts of the country that, that, that sometimes gets nice weather. You know, it's weird. I was watching this YouTube thing about like accents because I'm fascinated with like accents, and it was like how to how to tell uh what was it a Georgie from a Bernie, a Geordie from a Bernie or something like it was a basically brummy, a Geordie from a Brummy, a Brummy. That's it from yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Northern, a northern accent thing. or a southern accent. Yeah, um, it sounds like political candidates, not <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, right? A little bit, right? Um. Okay, I guess I'll have to check that out. Ennis Men, I think it's E N Y S M E N. Yeah, Ennis. Ennis It's said said Ennis Main because uh, the, the the main is a standing stone which feature in, features in the film, sort of um, looking out to the sea and looking down to the house in which the main character is uh, staying. Excellent, excellent. Uh, red. Yes. All right. Well, you get your bingo cards out. I'm going to make the wrestling reference now. Uh, I didn't do this last week. One, because uh, Crimes of the Future was more befitting of the entire Cronenberg discussion. And two, I didn't see the whole event yet. So WWE hosted their annual Royal Rumble event. They've been doing it on Saturdays, which used to be nice. But now that I work later on Saturday nights, I don't catch it live because Peacock sucks. You can't just start at the beginning while it's in the middle of the stream. I digress. Damn Peacock. Royal Rumble typically is a, an event that you can't really mess up. Uh, it's a unique battle royal where instead of all the competitors starting in the ring at the same time and throwing each other over, they, it starts with two people and like every 90 seconds or so, somebody else comes until all 30 people are in, get thrown over the top, you're out. It's very fun. They somehow fucked it up big time last year and ended up being a really boring show. This mm. year, both Rumble matches I thought were very fun. Uh, you did... 
both of them were similar in that you had uh, Iron Man and Iron Women because you had both the men's and the women's rumble where somebody will start at the beginning and an hour later they're still in it. Uh, I thought those two matches are great. Two of the undercard matches, I'm still undecided if I like the Lights Out match, which was sponsored, I kid you not, by Mountain Dew Pitch Black, where they turned <laughs> off all the lights and it became like glow ball, uh, glow in the dark uh, bowling, glow bowling. Uh, oh, Jesus. But wait, wait, I, wait, wait. Were there shorts glowing? Is that how you could tell the so action? You was could going tell on? because they uh, doused some of like the ring ropes and they had all this uh, stuff drenched in neon. And one of the wrestlers, Bray Wyatt, is very like mystical and spiritual and spooky. So he had like Ooh. face paint on, uh, kind of <laughs> like Jeff Hardy used to do. I mean, I legit thought they were just going to turn it off and make it a completely dark match. So it was an improvement over what I expected. <laughs> It'd be a, be a shrinky dink match. Yeah, it would have been a <laughs> yes. shrinky dink or a little dark match. So I, I kind skid of like that. Match. A skid mark. Well, <laughs> I'm sure there has been instances where wrestlers have shit themselves in the ring. But anyway. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> no. Hell yeah. There was one where CM Punk shit himself in the ring. The ref had to grab it and throw it out. <laughs> so okay, I would like to see that. Yeah, sorry. it's it's Weird. not as graphic Weird as I'm so sorry. it's not as graphic as you would expect. <laughs> it was like if he wouldn't have confessed to it, I wouldn't have put two and two together because they were so swift with it. But you can see a little turd in the ring, and the ref puts a glove on, grabs it, chucks it out of the ring. Anywho. Ew, ew, fake turd. <laughs> it was a the, fake turd. Anyway, no, I'm no, sorry. it was real. Yeah. It was real. Oh, it ew. was real. He was yeah. This was near the end of his WWE run because he was having uh, issues medically, and I think that. Something in the match caused him to do it. Mm. Anywho, the real reason to watch this show, though, and this is why I do love wrestling. And I know in certain wrestling circles, praising anything WWE means you have to turn in your, you know, your wrestling card. But they have this main storyline going on. Jose, you heard Scooter and I briefly talking about it, where they had the bloodline. So Roman Reigns' group, it's his family members. And starting back in the summer, Sami Zayn, who was kind of a goofy heel, kind of inched his way in and it started out as a joke, but it became very emotional. He was winning over Jay. So we had a, a, a lot of hatred towards or had towards him and it got very complicated because after finally being embraced by this group, his old friend, Kevin Owens was going for the title. So Kevin, you know, reigns is like, you got to defend me. It just mm -hmm. came into this great crescendo where they handcuffed Owens in the ring. They're begging Zane to like beat his friend with it. And instead he hits Roman. Ah, oh, like I can't explain it. It's just, when wrestling is good, it's fucking great. And this was a case of just storytelling done right. The crowd was great. The match itself, Roman and Owens, was good. But just the emotion was great. Watching so many things kind of unfold. Uh, that explains why I don't keep up with WWE as much. Like, I usually will try to watch AEW Weekly and keep up with, like, New Japan and, you know, stardom and that. But they've struck gold with this Bloodline storyline. It's kind of a shame. It's... Not blowing off, but the Zane Reigns match is happening on a B pay-per-view instead of Mania. But I also get it because Cody Rhodes coming back also kind of fits that main event. But oh, I enjoyed the show. I know it's, it also helps I watched it after the fact because I think it's four hours if you watched it live. But WWE does this thing where since they're on Peacock, if you don't have their $10 like ad free, you have ads. So during the live show, after every match, there's like a 10-minute break. And if you're like me and you have the $10, they just show video packages for like upcoming matches and wrestlers. But it's still crap that you can just skip. So the show goes much quicker when you can just skip this stuff. Yeah. But I actually ended up enjoying the show. It's WWE can be very hit and miss for me, but I, I think they've been on a roll lately. And the matches, the Rumble matches were good. I got a perverse kick out of that dumb Lights Out match. And I love the, <laughs> the storytelling in the main. Was um 
Was that the first time they've they've started a Royal Rumble with a Royal Rumble? You know what? I think Sorry, so. I didn't it- do that. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you, I hear Peacock, I think of the Katy Perry song. Linus, I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. One more fine. time, you're coming, please. Uh, I just asked Justin: Was that uh, the first time they they'd started a Royal Rumble with a Royal uh, with a Rumble match? And I think it is. And it's weird to me because they've been doing two now uh, since what 2018, since they started doing the women's. And I always mm. thought, well, why don't you just book it, open and close with a Rumble? And they've never done that. And this mm. year. They opened with it, and then the second-to-last match was the Women's Rumble. And at first, mm-hmm. I thought that was weird, as good as the story was going into Reigns-Owens. After watching it, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's no way you could do that and have a Rumble after that. I you guess just so, yeah. drained yeah, sure. everybody. But, yeah. yeah, it is weird. Like, I, I think there's been a couple of times where, like, the only other time I could think of two times that the Rumble wasn't the actual closer was, I believe, 98, because they were doing the casket match with Michaels and Kane, and they, or sorry, an Undertaker. Kane came out and set the casket on fire. So they thought, well, you know, if we kill a guy, technically, maybe we shouldn't have a match after that. Uh, they've done that, though, since. They did that, replayed that years later, where they set him on fire in a casket. They had, like, a couple matches after, and the crowd's like, well, how do we react now? You just killed a dude. <laughs> Here's some wrestlers. Uh, and then 2006, they had the two title matches after just because they had, again, Undertaker coming back and they had like him do his spooky bullshit where he made the ring collapse, which I would have loved to have seen a Royal Rumble where they have to not go over the top rope when there's no ropes anymore. But <laughs> I'm not going to get that, apparently. But yeah, I think it is the first time they've opened with one, which was interesting. I was surprised it was the men's, but. Yeah, um, I, I I actually thought the women's one was a lot better, but yeah, they were both. I, both they were decent. both good. I think the women's one had a better flow, as great as the Gunther Gunther stuff was. I mm. feel like there was a bit of a lull after Lesnar got dumped and did his shit mm. until it kind of called itself back up. But I, I still thought both were good. I thought it was weird that Cody came out last as already being announced. Yeah. I thought he should have came out like 27 or 28 just because even though he had a pretty prolonged match with Gunther at the end there instead of just ending, I'm like, it's kind of weird to have him tossing the guy that's been in there for over 60 mm. minutes when he's came out last and has only been in here for like 10, but he also coming back from injury. So I guess I didn't want to stretch him too much. You know, it just occurred to me, why don't they, like, I'm not saying that they go like full Kaiju, like, you know, whatever, but why doesn't WWE either do like a reality show? They've done. Or, well, is there one currently? Uh, I don't know if Total Divas and Total Bellas, I don't think they're on anymore, but they were on for a while. They had a reality show. Okay. Because I was thinking, like, what if, or, or what if there was like a scripted like soap opera that had like one fight or something, or led into that? They could that, do that, or that's wrestling underground. Yeah, that's that's, 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 that's just wrestling. W, that's just WWE. That's <laughs> well, everything they do. Is, underground too. There's that show that used to be on um, El Rey Network. That's yeah. the I think yeah, yeah. Vampiro's on it or something, and mm. they're like really deep. I ended up watching it for months in a row one time, and I don't regularly watch wrestling just because the storylines were really oddly in depth and love stories. Stories and it was like Telemundo, but suddenly mm-hmm. they just they would all fight each other in a ring. Like that's yeah. they just, they'd to, take it to the ring and solve the problems there, like Festivus. <laughs> to your point, Jose, I, I think what uh, Harry is mentioning, which I love, Lutrogram, is probably closer to what you were thinking. Yeah, not yeah, just yeah. backstage skits are done in the ring. It's like actually filmed like a soap opera or show. Yeah, like and that. then the matches so weird. But but to a degree, I mean, wrestling's always had that. It's a soap opera to begin with, and you know. And then so. back to my back to my maybe not a kaiju, but like, why can't we have a movie that takes the characters 
right? But then imagine some sort of like fantasy world where maybe they have superpowers and they fight. Like you just mentioned like the Undertaker mm-hmm. with kin- telekinetic powers like Carrie or something. What mm-hmm. if there was a movie where like, you know, he They actually these- they Paul thought Hogan of doing make that. one about being like Mr. Mom or something. Mr. Nanny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, to your point, I though, ate Jose, too much sushi. I'm sorry. They, oh God. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. Nobody <laughs> can do movies like me. <laughs> so you, it's funny you brought up the Undertaker because WWE does still, I think, technically have WWE Studios, and I think some of us were asking for that because they would just say, "Here's Kane in a horror movie." They actually were thinking of doing like an actual, like I guess not biopic, but an actual story based on like the Undertaker. Like you're saying, like, oh, why does he have all this shit? And it just fell through. I still think they should do that. If you're going to have your own studios, do that. And also just throw a bunch of wrestlers and action movies. I don't need like Oculus was good. I liked it, but that didn't need to be a WWE Studios release. Like unless Ultimate Warrior was going to come out of that damn, you know, Mm. (laughs) you know, mirror. What was this had nothing to do with wrestling. I want at least. Well, they were they were branching out, right? There's only so many can... condemns you can do. Oh no! First before... off, no, there's not. No, there's not. Yeah, you <laughs> needed to do uh, better with the condemn. Well, I kind of like the second one with Orton, but that first one with Austin was kind of just terribly shot. That was its problem. Anyway, I digress. Now, if you're going to do that, give me. And I guess they do it now, and I don't watch the Marine movies as much, so I am kind of uh, criticize yeah. being hypocritical, but. But yeah, so they actually thought of doing that. And Vince McMahon has always been like, I don't do wrestling. I do, you know, movies. That was his famous quote in Beyond the Mat as he chewed his water after. Like, and I'm not kidding. He he legitimately took chewed a swig of water. water and then went. Oh. <laughs> basically chewed his water. I don't know if he thought he had something else in his mouth. Watch Beyond the Mat. He's, he's a fucking bizarre human being. <laughs> and, and for the record, See No Evil 2 was actually pretty damn good. It was yeah, directed... I- yeah. By the Saskas. Saska sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first cool. one is kind of fun in a shitty way, but it's, I quite enjoyed the first one. The first one is <laughs> yeah. it, I've I've grown to like the first one more because it's such oh. a fun party setting, like have watching you, it with friends. Yeah. Have you seen um No One Lives? They did that. Yes, with, I did like yeah. No One Lives. And yeah, technically yeah. it does have a wrestler because I think Brutus yeah. Clay, fuck him. Yes. But still, he yeah. does pop up in it. And that one's actually a really fun slasher. Mm. I dug that. Wait, one. No One Lives, Luke Evans. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shows his butt. Yes. That's how I remember these films. <laughs> but, but thank God it wasn't Bruce Clay's butt. That, that movie, I've been championing that movie for a while. I love No One Lives. It's directed by Ryue Kitamura. Yes. Who also did like Midnight Me Train and some other and really, Godzilla really, Final Wars. Yeah. And some yes. other really, really great movies. Um, I've watched that movie like a million fucking times. I love No One Lives. Anyway, um, I suck. I've never seen it. Now, uh, great. I gotta go watch it's a good one. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's really good. Do it and, and go in and go in completely blind. Yeah. Like I was like, what is this? What am I watching? Is it exploitation? Is it a slasher? Is it a horror film? What's happening? Uh, the only thing fantastic. I shan't be blind to is Luke Evans' butt. Apparently, oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> you ruined it, Jose. I know that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Look, it's like darkly lit and it happens really quickly. But, you know, there's a pause button. So, hey. <laughs> well, were we talking about loot? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, really, really quickly, um, my plus is just two very, very smaller items. We'll move on to um, Skid Mar, Skinnerink, whatever we're calling it. Um, so, one, I finally got a new phone. God damn it. After like five and a half years of using a OnePlus. In fact, I think OnePlus is on... Iteration 11, I had a OnePlus 5, people. I had a OnePlus 5. That's how long I had this fucking phone. Um, But I finally got a new phone. I have a 
Google Pixel 7 Pro, and I am loving this thing. I'm absolutely loving this, although I will tell you, I had a little issue because I was like, you know what, new phone, I'll start over, and so I didn't copy any of the data from my previous phone. But then I couldn't get into YouTube music and then it didn't have like Spotify and all this other shit. So I was like, God damn it. So then I did a factory reset and then I copied the data, but then the photos was too much and it was taking too long. So then I had to stop it, refactory reset it. This is what I go through, people. This is how crazy I am. Um, but anyway, it's all set up now and I absolutely love it. I love it. Uh, so Google, Team, team Pixel, love it. <laughs> how yeah, many photos were Luke Evans's butt? <laughs> um, two gigabytes of that. <laughs> oh, two gigabytes, if you will. Two gigabytes. Oh. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Linus, I cut you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just, I was team Google too. I'm, I'm on a Pixel 6. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. I, I, Excellent. I'm still using a Samsung, Samsung Galaxy Note 8. Hey, I'm also, I don't know <laughs> what version it is, but I also have a Samsung Galaxy. I literally just only change if I have to, and they're like, They'll try selling me all this stuff, and I'm just like, can it make calls and look at Luke Evans's butt? And that's all I need. (laughs) That is all you need, okay? That and, you know, a streaming version of Big Bang loving juveniles or whatever. <laughs> Wait a minute, now you might get put on a list. Title. Now you're going to get on a no, list. Right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore that. Um, you know, the CIA listening to us. Yeah. You hey, that's you at least a good thing. Way. You get a new download uh, from Langley and it's cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> new audience. Hi, how you doing guys? And then the last thing I'm going to say is the guardian put out this article Um, And essentially what they talked about was that they were wondering if podcasting is now a passing trend. And surprisingly, the industry numbers for podcasting came in and uh, it showed that the number of new shows fell rapidly in the last year. There's been a worldwide decline of 80% compared with the two previous years. And so basically the statistic which came out, um, international data supplied by uh, Listen Notes, in 2020, there were 1,109,000 podcasts launched. In 2021, 729,000 new titles came out, while last year only 209,000 shows debuted. Okay. And um, basically, a lot of the podcasts are being made in America or Brazil, but in the last year, as many debuted as the same number that quit or dropped off. And so it's kind of like, apparently now it's a post-pandemic effect. Now Mm -hmm. that everybody's back out, they're not really listening to podcasts. You know, it's not a bright idea to start a podcast now just because everybody is no longer locked inside their house or locked down. Um, And apparently it's going to cause an issue with trying to find sponsors because, again, there's a lot of freelancers or maybe it's just an idea that's moved on and maybe we're going to go back to video. Uh, but we started in 2022 and we're going to keep going. And Hell so yeah. <laughs> I actually like the fact that it's dropping off. That leaves more for us. That's a good thing. That's <laughs> I was worried when you're like about. a million new. I'm like, son of a I don't, bitch. I don't, I don't really. Position. <laughs> I mean, it comes to trends and regarding a lot of facts. I don't even know what to make of it because death by DVD. We, our first episode was July 9th, 2009. So we're still trucking and it's, yeah, 
it, it's one of those situations where there there can be all sorts of statistics and i know a lot of people are in this for some sort of gain but for me it's been as long as there's one download and if mm-hmm. those ever stop will stop there's no point in continuing if nobody's listening but one person like we recently started a patreon so that's my attention nine people want something for four dollars a month and i'm gonna give it to them i'll figure out what it is and try my hardest with it but the trends and the numbers dropping. So, I mean, it's like, what what difference will it make if something goes back to video? It's uh, it's going to consistently repeat itself where the market gets so dragged down. I mean, the last two or three years, there's been 8 million true crime shows and competing with any of those. It's like, well, yeah, we'll get 20 downloads, let's say, for something compared to a show that's getting 57,000 million downloads. But they're also covering the exact same movie that was just made on Lifetime. And there's so much to the trends and hashtagging. So where it's like, eh, if you're enjoying yourself, fuck it. Just keep rocking. Enjoy yourself. Put out yes. what you want when you want to. Enjoy the content you're making. And uh, my my goal is to make a show I would want to listen to. And like that's why I love being on Watch Skip Plus. Because this is pretty much the only show I listen to. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. And that right there is why I still do it. Because <laughs> I, when I first started Wild... God, a decade ago at this point, I guess. Whatever. Uh, time moves way too quick. I think I was kind of like, oh, I could, you know, be the next big thing or whatever. Uh, and then I realized after I kind of changed my ways, I was like, the only thing I missed outside of just doing it and having passion for it was just... When just a couple of people, like as long as one or person goes, hey, I'll listen to this episode or I, you know, I love that's part of my routine. I'm like, that's all I need. That's that's all I need. And now that I'm not doing it solo, I'm doing it with friends. Uh, The reason to do it is I get to talk to Jose and you every week and then you guys bring it on it. The older you get, it's harder to sometimes schedule stuff like you lose track of time. So this is a good way to lock myself in. So. That's I think anybody I, who starts a podcast, you know, you you get that kind of like monetize. This is what I can do. Um, I can quit my job and do this. And and you know, I had a little bit of that. Red had to like talk me <laughs> off the ledge because I was like, "Here's what we're gonna do." Um, but you know, honestly, Harry has uh, the great the greatest approach to it, which is, mm-hmm. you know, what if five people listen to this? That's awesome. That's yep. fantastic. Um, we want to make a show that people want to listen to, um, you know, when we're not talking about men's butts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. People want to hear about that. There's, yeah, there's that, an audience that, for that, that sure. I was going to say, that's what makes our show so unique is, is that approach. I mean, look, if we wanted to monetize and make money, we can just go sell feet pics, you know? Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> well, welcome to Watch Skip Butt. Yes. Oh, I like oh, it. There you have go. A That's actually oh, a really good wow. spinoff name. <laughs> it is a good spinoff name. An official OnlyFans watch skip butts. There you go. <laughs> and then you can sell for extra money the butts of your guest. Yes, <gasps> there you go. This, this is Ooh. totally monetizing now. Now it is, but the this death is really monetizing. I love boys. <laughs> That's great because our next episode is cruising. So, yeah, <laughs> excellent. There you Perfect. go. Perfect. bump. And with that, we are going to segue to our official movie review for this episode. And it is Skinamarink that hails from Canada. Um, it is directed by Kyle Edward Ball. Kyle Edward Ball basically is from Canada, doesn't have a lot on his resume. There is a music video he directed for an artist named Craig Moreau. Uh, That music video was called It Ain't Nothing. I looked it up. Craig Moreau is a folk blues sort of like 
Canadian country singer. And then the only other thing prior to Skinnamarink is a short called Heck, H-E-C-K, which I believe that this movie is based on. One of the fun things about our show is that, you know, I I tend not to do a lot of research. I like to go into the movies and see it and and not read about what was what the director's intention was and all of that. So I will just say for the record, I have not tried to Google anything about what this means um, or what the movie is about or where where it's based from. I just know it's based on a short because uh, you guys had mentioned it in a text and I'm seeing it on the Wikipedia, but I'm trying not to read the Wikipedia here. Um, So it looks like that this film is distributed by Bayview Entertainment, IFC Midnight, and then of course Shudder, who picked up the worldwide rights to this um, to stream. It was shown at the Fantasia Film Festival July 25th, 2022. Apparently caused a stir because Shudder then spent all this money to do the distribution rights. And I just remember the news of them picking up the rights around the time that they fired, AMC Networks fired their Shudder's president and then Shudder's uh, director of brand marketing at the time. So it was kind of like, yay, and then no. Um, but uh, So apparently the budget for this film is $15,000. So we're talking about a micro budget compared to some of the other things. Uh, apparently it's made over a million in terms of his bo- its box office as it was released theatrically prior to streaming just recently, two days ago, on um, Shudder with its premiere. Uh, we talked about Kyle Edward Ball. Um, Justin's going to cover some of the actors. A lot of this, a lot of the personnel, both above and below the line, they're new, they're new, I'm not going to say they're amateurs, but they're new, so there's not a lot on their resume. I'm going to cover two producers, uh, Dylan Pierce, also from Canada. On his resume, it looks like he's got a lot of like lifetime type movies. He's also got his own production company. Looks like he has, uh, you know, tapped into that sort of market about like romantic comedies, etc. Doesn't seem like there's a lot that many would know in terms of movies on his resume. Our cinematographer is Jamie McRae. And again, he mainly has a lot of just shorts. Uh, Looks like he's worked up through the uh, camera and electrical department, mainly been a gaffer on some shorts, some television episodes. So again, working their way up. Um, the second unit director is Joshua Bookhalter, and the film ends with a thank you to him, sort of memorializing um, the fact that he passed away shortly after production. I did try to Google to see what the cause of death was. It's not been released. Uh, so sadly, Mr. Bookhalter wasn't able to see this film released. Uh, Justin, you want to cover some of the actors before we get into our spoiler-free reviews? I will strap in. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> Dolly Rose Titralt as the daughter Kaylee. Her prior screen credits are Skidamarink. Lucas Paul as the son Kevin. Skidamarink. Ross Paul as dad. Skidamarink. And he was also a background extra in the Moby Dick miniseries with Ethan Hawke, Donald Southern, Sutherland, and William Hurt. And then finally, Jamie Hill as the mother actually has some credits to her name. She's been in a lot of independent uh, horror films and shorts, so I'll just rattle off some of the indie films. Titles such as Grotesque, Abducted, 
Darker Than Night, Hot Box, Give and Take, I'm Haunted, as well as a role on the podcast series, which, you know, now apparently nobody wants to do those, but uh, a couple of years ago people did, called Frankenstein Mobster, which, catchy title. And that's Frankenstein it. Frankenstein Mobster. Actually, you know what a real catchy title was? Hot Box. <laughs> yeah. It's not the, uh, wasn't that a uh, Dennis Hopper film? The Hot Box? My getting the title wrong the hot spot spot box mm. uh, you know yeah there's a lot of hot in there you know what i mean yes i've also seen other films called hot box but we <laughs> won't discuss that <laughs> with luke maybe, evans maybe on watch skip butt we'll discuss but, <laughs> well let me tell you something brother i was in a hot box movie <laughs> it was called sushi box um okay so let's start with our guest spoiler free thoughts on skinamarink so I go? I'm going or yeah, I'll go, I'll go first. Ah, spoiler free thoughts. Well, I, I don't want to come right out of the box sounding like an asshole, but I don't know what my, I don't know what thoughts to have. I don't know if what thought was put into this and I'm sure there was a, an epic amount because I watched right before we started doing this. I saw heck and it just got to me. I like to do the same thing that Jose does. I don't like to learn too much. I want to go in as fresh as possible and it, it just itched too much. I watched Skid Marks twice just to get ready. because I, I saw it the first time and was like, I don't know, maybe I missed something. You know, I was smoking a joint. I wasn't paying attention to things. Let's watch it again. I watched it again and was even more mad. Like, shit, I should have smoked another joint. That might have maybe no. two have been the trick. I don't know. I, I and that's I'm I'm real I hate being lo- left with a lack of words and maybe in the spoiler section all because I, I don't I don't even really know what I, I, I can spoil and I'm I'm a little afraid of talking now because I don't want to do that, but I, I understand that the, the 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 idea of this movie is a feeling and that they're selling a tone and you know here's this idea what if you woke up when you were six years old and you're home alone and it's really scary and that works, but an idea and a feeling doesn't make a movie. And for me, it was 90 minutes of just stuff. I mean, I don't I don't know any other way to form it because I don't even want to call it. a. Uh, I, I, my first reaction was, well, this could have been a 20 minute short film. And then I saw the 28 minute short film and was like, holy shit, this could have been four or five minutes. This was <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. I don't know. And it's it's everything I feel is is open to interpretation. You're not supposed to understand. But at the same time, there is. Uh, a whole world that we don't know, but it's just so obviously intentionally vague. I I just can't find any pleasure in it. I don't. I I, I see people's reactions on Twitter and uh, social media that they're 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 very hateful about it or they love it, and I just don't have a feeling at all. I can't. I don't hate or love. I'm more interested in this director that managed to make this YouTube short and then sell this project, and like Blumhouse and Shutter is interested in it. Like this guy is doing some andy warhol stuff he's just like photocopying xeroxing a piece of art and saying i changed its color scheme and i'm not calling him a ripoff artist and i i'm i love andy warhol he's one of my my biggest heroes I'm, i'm very passionate about him but in the same sense it's like well this guy sold a photo of canned soup to the world and this guy is selling Sybil Shepherd, I can't think of what it's called. Skid marks, and I, I, I don't know what the fuck it is. Sybil Shepherd, it, it's the two S's. Well, Sybil, it's a C. Sorry, but uh, I just don't know. I, I, I was left 
I, and, and I, and it's an emotion and I really am fond of that. So I can't hate it, but I was just left so utterly baffled. I was like, what the fuck is everyone talking about? <laughs> I've seen people say this is the new scariest movie in, in, in America. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> so not. you felt, so obviously you weren't, you weren't, you didn't feed into any of the atmosphere. You didn't find it scary. I tried to, and there were like some of the jump scares. The second time I watched it, I watched it in the dark. I had the volume turned up really high, no no other light, so I could really focus on the screen. And some of the jump sequences are five, ten minutes of really nothing going on. You're focusing on like a, a wall, and then all of a sudden the audio will turn up ridiculously high. There'll be a high-pitched screech, and it'll cut to something else. So I jumped because that it was been dead silent for ten minutes. None of that really hit me, and the concept really did like oh my god i remember being home alone i know this fear and the first like 10 minutes or so you get to a point where there's a voice that is discussing that one of these children has possibly fallen down the stairs and there seems like i follow up until right around that point and then it becomes and i think it's the the point of the movie to become very lucid and dreamlike but it becomes it's no dream I've ever had. I mean, people have been comparing this to Inland Empire, and I can get behind that movie as being a dream universe. I can relate a little bit to some of the bizarreties in that film, though it is nonsensical at times, but this I just couldn't find sense with. One last thing before we move on to Linus's uh, spoiler-free thoughts. The cinematography, what did you think of that? I, I I don't want to be overtly negative, but I don't know. I, there are some really interesting things, but to me it was just, I, I don't know exactly how this was filmed, but it's filter over filter. It's like like a Instagram models page. There's so many filters on this and it's so blurry. And I, I, I feel it's supposed to be subterfuge and you're looking through this child's exploration, but there's parts of the movie where the kids split up and I don't understand whose point of view we're watching that I just, I, it's not that toward the end of the film, there's some very bizarre visuals that reminded me a bit of, um, I know Astron six didn't fully do it, but it was one of the Astron six guides, the, the void. There's some very creepy, weird imagery that I found some similarities to even something like uh, Lucio Fulci and the beyond. And I, those are cool. Uh, I mean, and that's really my, like, it was cool. I don't, I don't think anyone involved in this has like a lack of talent, but I just don't get the art. Linus, your thoughts. Spoiler free. Um, yes. Well, um, when I first tried to get some notes together, I could. <laughs> I came up with seven words, uh, which are uh, Fisher Price, David Lynch, <laughs> paranormal inactivity, <laughs> uh, and bollocks. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Watch yeah. it, bollocks. <laughs> it's this. This was a load of bollocks. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, it cost fifteen grand. What did they spend fifteen grand on? Yeah, Lego? where is that on screen at all? <laughs> oh, what the fuck? I some very expensive filters, apparently. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like a it's like a movie length version of the ceiling fan from Twin Peaks, but the <laughs> ceiling fan in Twin Peaks is terrifying. None of this is terrifying. It's just shots of carpet and ceiling lights and toys and go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think? Uh, I, well, you said it, but the cinematography, 
You, you weren't what, feeling what's, it. What, what cinematography? <laughs> Just put a camera on the floor and overexpose the film. Like, you know, it's bollocks. <laughs> Sorry. How about, how about the story, if you could glean anything from it? Um, well, as Harry said, I mean, I wanted to like this. I mean, I like weird Lynchian stuff. Um, as I said with uh, Ennis Main earlier, you know, this sort of thing in theory is is my sort of jam. So I, you know, I gave it a chance and I, I did as Harry did, watched it in the dark with the, the sound up, up loud. But I don't know, I, 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 I don't get where people are coming from with the... It building this sense of dread and it being so scary. I was just so bored. Um, and then when it occasionally did cut to um, the jump scares that Harry mentioned, I just thought they were just just completely ineffective. Yeah. Okay. Skip. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not waiting. There That's the go. end of the show. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're all done now. <laughs> that was nice. And next week. I have said it. <laughs> And next week, uh, okay, Justin, your spoiler-free thoughts on Skinamarink. <laughs> Ooh, I like that one. So I want to be kind and nice off the bat. I applaud the filmmakers for trying to do something bold and daring and unique. I believe I mentioned on the show before. I appreciate when filmmakers do that, even if it's swing and a miss. I love being different. This was a swing and a miss for me, big time. This is 100% a film where it's the style being the substance. And I guess I can kind of get, because I know some people uh, within our community and just friends that did take to this as being this just nightmare like Harry had brought up. But the more we keep trying to circle around the cinematography, that's where I think I it lost me is because it has this, such a heavy filter look it drains any possibility of me feeling terrified. Uh, paranormal activity or inactivity was a good joke because the reason that film worked for me, and that was one that a lot of people criticized for nothing happening, is I could at least see everything so I could scan rooms. I could watch everything going on so something moved. It could terrify me. Here, the filter was so heavy that rarely, unless something was fully in focus, I couldn't make out what was happening. And that resulted in me being bored and restless. And I will say, I, I did see this theatrically. This was supposed to, I think, just play for one night, Friday the 13th. But it did so well. Regal Cinemas brought it back. My local Regal ended up getting it. I saw it on a Monday night with a half-packed crowd. And by the way, not only was that screening half-packed, they're still showing screenings at my Regal. And our local art house has shown it and is getting sellout screenings of it. So they put it out for another two weeks. So there's buzz around this. What? I will say theatrically, I think hurt this film. That's showing uh, here too. Yeah, it's it's surprising how far its reach is. Uh, for me, I think theatrically hurt. I had somebody comment because they thought I watched it streaming that seeing it theatrically helped. I I will still say I think that would have fared better just because blowing up this filter on a giant screen made it even more indecipherable, and that just killed any tension. And one of the reasons I think Paranormal Activity worked was because I watched that at home. And when I went and saw the sequel in a theater, being in a theater got rid of the atmosphere. I did brave the short because my original capsule review also said something along the lines of Harry. I didn't know this was based on a short. I just said, this might work better as a short. And then somebody's like, well, it exists. And I'm like, shit, I got to <laughs> eat my words now. And it does not work at 28 minutes, five oh, to no. 10, I think maybe. 
I will say watching it on a laptop screen at home at least fared a little bit better visually, but I, it's just the style doesn't work for me at all. I immediately got bored. I never felt this sense of dread. Uh, the jump scares, which I've becoming more lenient and accepting of, I thought were just too cheap. And to Harry's point, it's just they got me because it's loud, not because it was orchestrated well. I will continue to credit Smiles jump scares because at least one of those I thought they built to the jump scare well, as opposed to just throwing it out. Here, I didn't really felt feel that they built towards anything, and. The only thing I can think of talking in the spoiler filled section is there's one moment that did kind of give me a little bit of dread, but we're going to get to why that lost me when we get to the spoiler section. I, I didn't get the dream vibes at all. I've had nightmares for, I just recently had one the other night. They, it, they weren't like this, even when as a kid, they didn't have this weird ass filter to them. They, it's hard to capture dreams in movies anyway, because they're just so nonsensical and I, I, I commend them for trying, but I was bored within five minutes. The only time I genuinely was scared in my theater was I, I went to use the restroom at one point. I could have held <laughs> it, but I, but I just needed a break from the monotony. Well, when I came back, I grabbed my sparkling water, took a sip, and went to sit down. And I guess I didn't kick the, the reclining seat in full enough, so it kind of came back out. So I almost tripped and spilled my sparkling water, and that was scarier than anything that happened on screen. I just... <laughs> I, I really wanted to like this because I actually liked the trailer, as I mentioned earlier. I Even if it went too heavy on the in this house, which we made fun of for the rest of the weekend, there was something about this style that worked in a trailer because it mm. caught me off guard. The second I started watching the movie, I'm like, well, now it has no power over me. I don't care what's going on. Uh, I don't care what happened to the parents, what's happening to the children. Uh, it, I don't feel this sense of style that others have. I'm glad people are, and I could see this eventually working if it gets refined, this kind of style. Maybe Ennis Main will be a better approach because we talked about Screen Life films a couple of weeks ago with Missing Jose. Well, I finally watched Collingswood Story, which is one of the very first editions of that from back in 2002, and I didn't like it. And I have a feeling if I would have watched it in 2002, I would have been like, well, this idea just isn't going to work. But eventually... Other filmmakers have made it work and I like it. So I'm not going to sit here and say this idea or this approach can't work. But for me, it faltered miserably. I thought that this was just a chore. What is this approach, though? It's just putting the camera down on the ground or yeah, just up, up in guess, the corner and just, just I, long I guess, shots of absolutely nothing. I guess like, the approach is it's supposed to be atmospheric and you're hiding shit. But again, these found footage movies like Paranormal Activity take that kind of idea but mm. still let you scan. Because that, to me, was well, what was most terrifying about Paranormal Activity was what yeah. is going to happen and me sensing it. I, Mm. The filters killed this for me because I can't mm. see shit. So I can't yeah. like, that doesn't make me go, Oh my God, what's in there. It just goes, well, I don't, I don't care. There's no threat now to me or anybody. Cause I don't know if it's happening or it's like watching scramble porn, but without, you know, imagination. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, um, sorry. Um, did anyone see, uh, any of his previous shorts from his YouTube channel? This chap. Um, no, I didn't, no, just, mm. just heck. And it's, it's much of a muchness. Um, some of them are a little bit clearer. There was one where he was uh, driving along a road, but they're all, uh, you know, it, mostly shots of the interior of a house uh, and then a figure will appear at the end. And apparently that's spoopy. 
Hmm. I mean, if it's just like five minutes and you stumble upon it, I, maybe that's the issue. Because I'm thinking about like early days of like YouTube and internet when you would yes. stumble upon these like videos like this, like these exactly. summons are screamers. Hmm. That works because you stumbled upon it. It was short. You didn't know what you were expecting. Once I go in knowing that it's like what Skidamarink the idea is going to be, I think it lost me. I think knowing ahead of time somehow, I don't think going in blind would have made me like this any more than I did. But I think that's the style they're going for. I just thank you for making me stumble upon that. But it just doesn't work unless it's very, very, very short. And it has to surprise me as in I it, this would work on TikTok where if it came up in my feed uh, because they just shot it out to me. I'm like, oh, what the fuck was that? But it it doesn't work when as a preconceived notion of mine. So watching this. You know, I most definitely was reminded of like the Blair Witch Project, but not not because of the the style of it or even you know it, it being sort of a cousin to like found footage. But the thing that was scary about the Blair Witch was that you know the characters were hyped up and they're staring into darkness, and you don't know what's in the darkness. And there's sound effects that are going, um, and I felt like this movie was trying to do that. Uh, trying to show, you know, dark corners and what could possibly be there. And then, you know, disembodied voices that are like, come upstairs, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, one, it didn't work. Two, it, it's actually an hour and 40 minutes. And that is just, it is absolutely too long for something like this. I, you know, I too was very bored waiting for this story to jumpstart. The story we do get is very incoherent. I, again, I, you know, Harry, you said maybe it's from the point of view of the kids and maybe this is like a nightmare about waking up and not, not having your parents and being alone in the house, or it could be a weird ghost story or something supernatural, whatever it was, wasn't conveyed very well. And it certainly wasn't coherent or scary i didn't even like the jump scares because it is all just like sort of like sound and boo and even the imagery in some of those in some of the bigger jump scares i don't know what the fuck i was looking at so yeah they um, they tried but you can't make one of those fisher price telephone toys scary they tried it didn't work i just made me laugh it didn't happen yeah and i i I, I, I laughed a little bit too I think somebody, I mean, it's just a thought in my head, but looking at something like Poltergeist, that that, that clown doll, yeah, clowns are really creepy in general, but it's just this satin little doll, and it was turned into such a crazy device in the film. I think if there had been more than just a premise, more than an idea, you could have made that that Fisher-Price toy terrifying, but you have to have something. And I just struggled the entire time, and Justin had brought this up that, it's like something you'd see on the early uh, 2000s, mid-2000s on YouTube. There was a video of someone, like it looked like a Kia commercial, driving in a red car up a mountain, and then they, they, you, at the very end of it, this face would pop up and scream at you. Mm-hmm. You just watch Shrinky Dinks. It's the fucking same movie. Yep. Yeah. And I, 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 I really... And the, the thing is, I didn't enjoy my experience. I didn't enjoy the movie. I kind of think it's stupid, and I'm almost insulted by it, but at the same time, looking at the director, it's like, man... You, you just figured out how to do a viral marketing scheme almost. You got this going from YouTube to now Bloomhouse is interested, or Blumhouse rather is inven- and interested, Shudder's interested in this movie otherwise that probably wouldn't even get accepted at film festivals is showing in theaters across the nation. Like, 
wow, I, I, I desperately want to see their next film, but I'm also terrified it's going to be like four hours, like an Avatar length <laughs> movie about nothing carpet stain remover yeah yes. <laughs> judging by judging by what i've seen him do on his youtube channel yeah it's gonna be more of the same i mean, I mean he's hate to say like it. somebody that could work great with like robert eggers like get this guy working oh, yes. with somebody that could do great abstract ideas maybe uh i mean and i just i my thing is i don't ever want to be too attacking of somebody else's art but i also i'm like this is just stupid i just don't but i hate i don't want to I mean, somebody called my art stupid. I would be deeply offended and hurt by it. So I understand that point. But at the same time, I can't help but how I feel. So it's this yeah. crossroads. And just like Linus, like this is usually my cup of tea. But oh. yeah, I felt like, yeah, I don't know where I fall on this. Like, were we all hoodwinked? I mean, look, the Blair Witch Project had that great viral marketing way back when. And it definitely was scary and it's spooky. It was hated when it came out. We've looked back fondly on it with with regards to found footage. I don't know that that's going to happen with this case. And more importantly, have we been hoodwinked? Should I be insulted that I wasted my time watching this? And then, you know... I don't. Yes. Does that say anything? <laughs> does that say anything about Kyle Edward Ball's like potential? Um, it's it. It would be terrible to judge the rest of his career on just this one movie. But I'm I'm not seeing what, much one movie here. and a load of shorts. That's like right. H.G. Lewis, though. I mean, he was kind of like a, a carny circus freak hollering at you, like, come see this three-legged woman that I got and would show you the weirdest movies like Blood Freak and just very bizarre at, at the time. And I guess to some people now, too, offensive movies. And I just uh, that's what I'm wondering uh, is, have you figured out this director a viral way to make money to make a big piece of art or are you just going to make really weird vague stuff and like it, we were, somebody was mentioning at the very beginning of the episode Bjork it, man put some Bjork music to this it'd be great <laughs> it, it, the, two hours of Bjork in the background I would not have complained one minute something anything Diamanda Gallus something like that but I don't understand the tone I don't understand mm. the build up or what the, I'm feeling more and more annoyance as I go through the movie struggling to be like what the fuck it, it, Maybe it's, something's wrong with me. <laughs> it's it's like the short movies of David Lynch, but like a really poor imitation mm. of an elongated. Yeah. I'd uh, rather put, watch put, Rabbits, you know, like the the screaming bunnies from Inland Empire, whatever it was called, like that that Lynch did. I know there was like a two hour web series for that. I I, I could sit you, see them crying. Have you seen like um, the grandmother and the alphabet? Those ones. So. Yeah, his uh, ones from the sixties and early seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I I have two more points and we'll move into our spoiler section. So one, I don't know what he filmed this on, but I was remarking to Scooter, um, and I don't normally like to talk during movies, but this was so fucking boring that I was like just <laughs> randomly <laughs> chatting with Scooter about sh- Game about Boy Camera, maybe. Yeah. Well, so I said to him, I'm like, listen, I don't know that you can get this kind of latitude for the darkness on film. So what I feel like happened was they filmed it on digital and then they just posted in all of this scratchy grindhouse, like, like bad film stock bullshit. And it's like, wow, that was an actual visual decision to make it indecipherable visually. I um, just Googled it and it's, it's, um, I hate bringing that up on a podcast. I just Googled it. I sound so informative, but it, it was just straight digital. Yeah. I, you, you can't 
you can't get this kind of latitude on film. And so I said to him, they really boosted it up in like post, but it's so ugly. And mm. I just, it, the fact that it was a choice drives me insane. And then I'm going to get, this is my last point. Um, I mean, I don't know this guy's education. I don't know if he, um, and no, I'm not, I'm not trying to insult him, but I don't know if he went to film school or not because when we talk about film narrative and we talk about the ins and outs of shooting things and, and all of that, right? There's a master, then there's inserts, and then there are um, establishing shots, and then there are things like that. What I got from this movie watching it was that maybe, just maybe, and maybe Kyle Edward Ball, if you're listening, you can come on our show and you can explain yourself. Defend yep. yourself. Um, <laughs> but maybe this is experimental filmmaking, okay? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But, but experimental in the way of what if you crafted a horror film or a thriller that didn't have masters, that was simply made up of establishing shots um, and, you know, insert shots, right? Because if you think about it, as I, as I was watching this, there's really no exposition, right? There are no masters of, like, actors telling us expositional story or anything like that. Everything is new information kind of as it's happening. But again, it's all just these insert shots or these sort of like... Like, you know how Tarantino will cut to somebody's, like, feet walking or something, right? That's all this movie is, is those kinds of shots. And so, in a way, it feels experimental in its narrative, and it feels like they are busting the convention of actual filmmaking. I don't know if that was his intent. That's what I got. And I got to tell you, it was not entirely successful if that was their <laughs> bent, right? That should be on the bingo card, by the way. My phrase, not entirely successful, because it's I'm being polite here. But it it seemed to me that he was trying to bust the rules of filmmaking. I mean, we mm -hmm. uh, we watched Infinity Pool, and uh, Kareem Hussein was the DP, and he does he does a lot of like non-traditional framing of conversations of actors um, jumping the line and this discordant editing or whatever. So maybe Ball is shaking up the rules of filmmaking or, or trying to do so. But again, not entirely successful. And I guess you have to have a good story to base that or some kind of story that's easily recognizable. And it was just a complete failure. You know, I, I, I feel the same way. And Again, I, I want to commend him for doing that. Uh, I love it when people try to get out of the box. But there is a part of me that wonders, not everyone. I know some of the people that really like this, I can tell it's because they were hooked on this this gimmick and this idea and this this feeling. But there are some, or I mean, when I mentioned uh, that I do in the Gentleman's Guide group on Facebook, like a monthly recap. How many movies did you watch? What did you like and what did you didn't like? And best was Infinity Pool was up there, and then Skinamarink was one of my worst. And somebody says, I'd take Skinamarink, or it's it's uh, Citizen Kane compared to Infinity Snooze, which one, Infinity uh. Pooh, Infinity Pooh is right there. You, you know, uh, yeah. but 
and when I read that comment, even though I kind of laughed at it, I wasn't really sure how they felt about Skidamarink. It just they just clearly didn't like Infinity Pool. But there are going to be some people that I wonder if they like this just because it's different. And I like it when something is different, but just being different doesn't mean it's good, or in my case, doesn't mean I'm going to like it. Yeah. Like, again, maybe this breaking of the rules and narratives, I mean, go ahead and try it. Like, I, I'm never going to say you have to have a narrative. I'm glad that you tried it, but it didn't work here. And if it eventually does work, we can commend Ball if, you know, for setting the groundwork, but I don't think I'm going to come back and still say, Oh, I reassessed this film and I like it because I, I it's a chore. I you had brought up earlier, Jose, that one of the reasons Blair Witch works was because of the characters. And that's my biggest issue with this film outside of the the visual filters, is that yes, you kind of hear them a bit and you, you know you get like little uh, subtitles, but since you don't have them breaking down, which also happened in paranormal activity, that also loses a lot. And for me, I guess I do need a little bit more of that narrative. Or again, it's just going to come down to if this weird filter would have been unsettling to me, like it has been for some, and it felt like a, a good version of David Lynch. I don't feel it is. I feel it's a very weak version of what David Lynch can do. But if that connected with me, then I would probably be singing its praises. But yeah. As an experiment, it's going to work or it's not. And it did, did not at all for me. I just, I sat, like I had more fun in the theater, like treating the the seat like it was Braille, like how they carved in the numbers. I'm like, oh, I'm on seat five and next to me is seat six. Oh, that was geez. more fun to me because I got wow. so bored after a while. I couldn't, yeah. even at the 28 minute short, man, I can't, I can't tolerate this more than five to 10 minutes. The short yeah. somehow took me longer to watch than the actual movie. It took me like an hour to watch the short film that I just kept finding other things to do. Of like it's the same thing. All right, God, there's there's not been any change. I can't help but wonder. I don't. Um, as Jose said, I have no knowledge on the the education of this man, but um, I kind of I can't help but think they must be a big uh, Fossbinder fan, Michael or mm-hmm. Ranger Werner Fossbinder. I don't know why I said Michael. That it's it's that <laughs> that's who I thought. <laughs> Michael Fassbender. Um, no, the other one, the other one, the other one. Um, but it's it's just some like you know some of his films are just actors on screen and there's nothing in the background and you just have to believe you know they're they're supposed to be these characters doing this thing and you're looking at this very very cheap uh, uh, art piece and but you can get behind that because the actors are acting and they're falling into characters and it's just one of those like deeply conceptual almost uh, like experimental 1960s early 1970s like let's see how much gain we can get on the guitar and make weird sounds or like synthesizers when they first started appearing in music what weird what how weird can we make this what what can we sell that's the weirdest looking thing and it's it's I do agree it's pushing boundaries but I don't know I unfortunately think it's more of a negative than a positive because now I just think we're going to suffer through the next two years of people making their own ripoff versions of stinky feet and (laughs) just, you know, pushing this like this is the thing. Now look at my new weird, obscure, completely incoherent art piece. And it's, I don't want to say it's not art, but I almost want to argue it's not really a film. It's not really a movie. I mean, you've made something, but I think it would stand more on, on steady feet calling it an art piece. And I have no problem with that. It's some sort of art. I don't understand a lot. I mean, some Jackson Pollocks just look like bird shit to me. So it's it's all up into interpretation. No one's right. No one's wrong. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just questioning people that are, are praising it so heavily of, of what what type of movies do you usually like? What do you watch for fun? Like, what are you into? <laughs> 
Do you actually like movies maybe at all? <laughs> Linus sent us uh Linus sent us a short of him mimicking Skinnamarink on his phone and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was uh, scarier than actual Skinnamarink. Better <laughs> production values too. Yeah. We're I'm gonna back proud. you, Linus. We're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna make two million on fifteen dollars. Um, <laughs> and we're gonna take the other like fifteen thousand, and we're just gonna buy uh, I don't know Shrinky Dinks. You know the little yeah, exactly. All right, I, guys, had, so- I was joking with Linus. I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I was joking with Linus before the show of you know what? I I swear I'm just gonna get my rigs and my setup. I'll come over to Bristol and let's just go shoot some weird shit, and then we can call it full core because we shot it in England. So let's just. <laughs> Let's sell it. You know, Jason Bloom's giving out money to everybody now. He's like, Oprah, you get a movie. You get a movie. You're going to theaters. Just, wow. All right. Whatever. Anything goes these days. Well, I just want Bloom to be like, Jose, you get a date. He's he's yummy. Okay. So we're going to move into our spoiler section, but we're going to do verdicts starting with the Death by DVD boys. Spoiler free verdict on Skinamarink. Uh, Everything Linus said earlier, I'm I, I think was perfect. Just the uh, Skinamarink is a stink of me thinks it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a skip. Got it, Justin. I would say that Skinamarink is a skipamarink. Yeah. Oh, he took my comment. I was damn it. I'm sorry. Right, now I feel there's, bad. There's a second skipamarink going on here <laughs> as well. Okay, so. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen Skinamarink or streamed it or gone to your theater, I don't know why you'd waste the money to see it. <laughs> we are about to spoil this in three, two, one. First of all, if you have to have subtitles because all of your leads are whispering like they don't have larynxes, um, you've already got a problem. That was the other thing that annoyed the Fuzak out of me was that I couldn't hear what certain people were saying. And then suddenly there would either be a subtitle or there wouldn't be a subtitle. Like, make up your fucking mind. Yeah, I almost think it would have just been, I mean, it would still been frustrating, but would have made more sense for its aesthetic to not provide the subtitles because the whole point of making everything so muffled, in my opinion, was to give you that uneasy, dreamlike feel that it was going for. And giving me the subtitles kind of, killed that like i'm like oh well, yeah there's no it. subtitles in dreams yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> at least i have never had a subtitle in my dream but then but then i don't i don't dream through uh instagram vhs filters anyway so what do i know <laughs> i i don't even know what there really is to spoil i mean i got yeah. to the end of the film yeah. and was like all right i mean i immediately tried to build a concept of like well this this and this is set at the beginning of the film and i mm-hmm. i have some ideas and but I, those don't mean anything because I'm just struggling. I want to hear him. But I I kind of was at the, well. There's a couple, I guess. That the first one is the kid. We learn at the beginning of the movie his father is on a phone call with maybe the mother or someone else and states, "Well, he fell down the stairs and he's fine." So maybe this is some delusion caused by a concussion. But that wouldn't make sense because at one point the brother and sister split up and one goes upstairs and we're following from her perspective and point of view. So it couldn't be his delusion and then toward the end of the film it starts saying you know it's hundreds of days later so have they all been dead are they in purgatory is that why they've seen these strange ghostly visions of their parents and i it's you you want to make sense of something so i'm trying to sculpt this idea and from that i can appreciate that you've made me feel this emotion but at the same time it's like this is kind of trash this is this is even eight ten minutes for the 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 short film heck that's a bit too much. 
I mean, I think this could have all been wrapped up in maybe two minutes, three, 30 seconds. You know, it's not you, you have a great visuals and you have great concept, but concept just can't make a film. And no matter how much you make me feel, that's that's fine. I mean, I wake up and feel things on my own, too. And it's it just seemed <laughs> like this. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't even beyond vague that it, it, it's like when you're a teenager and you get really shithoused for the first time and the whole room starts to spin. And it's like you went for this disorienting concept of, of maybe you're inebriated by the dreams and the state of the movie and you're supposed to take all of this in. But it became overwhelmingly annoying of like, great doorknob. Awesome. It's been like <laughs> 10 minutes of a doorknob and then suddenly a loud piercing scream like, ah, what, what the and hell? Then, <laughs> and, and then cut to wall. Yeah. Or Lego. Or toilet. And then but to like, really shake things up, they'll make the wall disappear. And it's like, what the fuck does it mean? Is is it a ghost? Is it a, 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 their parents? Are they in hell? If they are in hell, I mean, it's not even like a, a Dante-esque idea of hell it's all right walls are changing it's this is like somebody has taken too much mushrooms well it, it's heck not hell it's the pg yeah, version of hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah where canadian it just has toilets randomly appearing you have the canadian hell has to be heck <sighs> well none of, look look none of, none of it is coherent i mean obviously ball would have to explain it to us in terms of what he was writing but like yeah i i mean did the did the father maybe kill everybody? Is that what happened? Or did the did he kill the mother and the mother's back as some weird vengeful spirit? Why is everything dimensionally moving and disappearing and coming back and then things going up on the wall and then things are upside down? Um, so I, I I don't know. It, it feels maybe like it's they're trapped in purgatory or some sort of temporal yeah. dimension, but. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just us again, well, like Harry said, trying to trying to struggling to grab straws, well, grab well, a concept. Well, at the end, at the end of the short heck, um, the mother character says, "I think that it's the mother character says, I, I think we're in hell.'" Oh, and, and somebody says, "I'm sorry that I got cancer, but I'm better now." And I couldn't tell if it was the mother or the child. And it the the mm. the, the, the I thought it was the child. Uh, yeah, that's what I I figured it was too. That heck, really, it had allusions toward some sort of plot as to where mm. skin tag had absolutely nothing. Like, <laughs> how it, does yeah. the short have more of a plot? Yeah, to it I, well, yeah, well, an I hour and forty that. minute movie. Normally, I, I, you take a short <laughs> and you expand it. But it's a concept it, that you move with. Like, how right. the fuck did you do it backward? <laughs> you drop shit out of it to explain. Like, it's just. Ugh, it's bad. I will say this. There t so there are jump scares. Obviously the one where the mother like has like a face but like no eyes or anything like that. That quick flash of that. It made me think of um the director's cut of The Exorcist where they flash on like Pazuzu the face or what have you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um so that that scared me and then there was one sequence where um, I don't know which sibling walks into the bedroom, but then they're sort of like, look under the bed. And that, if if the rest of the movie had been creepy like mm. that, like look under the bed or whatever, like I think it would have been a little bit more effective, but this is almost painful to get through. I mean, mm. we yeah. were planning to have... We were planning to have some other guests on, one in particular, Troy from Not A Bomb um, podcast. He absolutely Ooh. vehemently hated this. His this... texts to us were like, I don't know, if Mr. Ball ever read those, <laughs> he would probably pack up and like move to like an island somewhere by himself. But um, 
I is mean, this a con- sorry? Is this a contender for breaking Brad then? It could be oh, actually. It's going to be breaking Troy, and I don't think he'll do that episode <laughs> yeah, ever. Again. It's definitely breaking Troy because when we asked him to to come on, he was like, "I got to fucking watch this again." <laughs> so, which I, I would have messaged him and said, "Through." I would have messaged him like, "No, you don't," because I didn't watch it again. I granted I did the show, but I. you don't need to yeah, subject my, yourself to this again. <laughs> my silly ass watched it two times yeah. for Watch Skip Plus. If there's any doubt of my commitment to Sparkle Motion, here it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I am not that committed. Uh, <laughs> I think you might be committed after watching this two times. I, I I struggled so hard. I was like, I got to find a point. I don't know what I'm going to say. And then I had that like Carrie kind of fear of like, what if they all liked it? What if I'm going to deal with it? And that's <laughs> what they're a, all going to laugh at you. They're going <laughs> to hate going to laugh at you. I, I just I, I struggled. And then it, it, that's what bothered me is like, well, I, I'm going to get this movie. God damn it. I'm going to I'm sure I'm going to understand it. And I watch it the second time. And I always internalize. I'm like, maybe it's me. Maybe <laughs> maybe there's something wrong. I don't know. Did I not watch it well enough? And it's just there's nothing there. It's, yeah. it's I I don't and again I I try so hard not to just shit on someone's art, but I, you you managed to make a couple million dollars out of absolutely nothing and I just don't know if I should be mad or celebrate that because I mean if I was in this guy's situation it would be like hell yeah, I'm going to make you more of the most vague stuff you've ever seen uh ever. I but, wish I just would have invested in this. That's the only thing uh, I yeah, There you go. Uh, and we should have uh, done a podcast on it like two months ago. Then we'd have, you know, 10,000 downloads and some, some monetization or something. <laughs> hey, maybe we'll have to do a field trip to Fantasia Film Fest. But, uh, you know, I got to say this. I think it's the worst movie of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually yeah. here's the thing. I hope it's the worst movie of 2023. It has was, to be. This is the bottom. Everything I don't want to go see up. anything worse. Like I, what possibly could top this and make it? it I mean, it's got to be something just abhorrent. And the amen. problem with this is that it's nothing. I mean, you've managed to really trick us into watching almost two. And so many people have problems with Avatar, where at least I'm seeing something. Yes. It might be uh, well, I mean, there, I don't even want to go off and start on Avatar, but so many people and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a, a James Cameron stan, but it, there's something there. Infinity Pool, many people have mixed feelings on. There's still something there. It, uh, and Possessor is a very vague movie by David uh, Brandon Cronenberg. Cronenberg B model, I like to call him. <laughs> very vague, but there's still stuff on screen that you can enjoy. I, I hate like arbitrary star ratings, but this is like one. I, I, two stars even seems too much. Two stars would at least mean you had a plot or a it's story. A star. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think I gave it one and a half on Letterbox just because I guess I trying to commend them for the oh, style. Yeah. But again, it's why those are arbitrary because I might were I mean, Baby Ghost from Donald G. Jackson from 1995 or whatever got a half a star from me. But I, at least that had something to I mean, I had Joe Estevez like, oh, there you go. It, you know, it, sweet, sweet it, it made me hate the problem that I have with this is I love some of the theories we're trying to grasp at. I couldn't even bring myself to care enough to try to, to theorize what this movie was, what was happening. I just didn't care. And you made me just sit in a theater for an hour and 40 minutes mm. just going. I mean, I'm at least thankful I did that because at home, there's no way I wouldn't have been checking my phone. There's no way if yeah. I wasn't watching this on Shutter like Friday night, I, there's no way I could pay attention. I struggled with the 30-minute the short before coming on here. I was like, oh, well, there's, you know, there's, you know, I could do my taxes. What if I go do that instead? <laughs> yeah. You know, I know I'm still waiting on one document, but I could do the rest a while. I just, uh, I, 
I don't I, care. I started planning my circumcision while watching the short film. Oh, man. <laughs> I found everything to do but watch this movie. I just couldn't take it. Uh, well, I hate to the, say it. There, you know, Kyle Edward Ball, he he hoodwinked us or Skinema winked us. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because even like the only thing I was going to spoil, because there's not much to spoil, is the final shot in the movie is the only one that kind of unsettled me. And that's when you see what's supposed to be the Skinema rink. But it lost me because they just linger. And that's the problem. They linger on everything for too long. But it's just the lady. Like it wasn't it wasn't anything. So something about the way the lady came in that did kind of unsettle me. But then it stuck stuck there for a while. I'm like, well, now I'm not scared anymore because it is just a lady. And then it's like the end. I'm like, good. I'm fucking out of here. Well, like, <laughs> there's a screaming or a high pitched noise. And because I was drifting off uh, at this point and it made me shoot straight up. And I looked at the screen and I will say I legitimately felt like the kind of cold chill feeling, but I'm sitting in the absolute dark, dead asleep. My window was open. It's very cold outside on the East coast. And I was like, Oh, well that was jarring and scary. All the things that scared me about this movie. What, hey, all right. You made a weird, loud noise. Of course, that's going to scare people. There wasn't anything ingenuitive, even in the worst Jess Franco, Joe Diamato movies. There still is some sort of writing. There's something that, took place and i i think there was a script i think there was a concept but it's not helpful if it's only in the director's head and i i appreciate the idea of expanding art but it's i I just i i repeat myself constantly but i just i don't want to even call this a movie that it's it's an experience maybe and an art piece but it's almost laughable trying to sell this as cinema (laughs) so what what is the skin and like a sad lady i guess i mean yeah. they don't I, I don't know if it's like a deity or or i mean because i tried to like conceptualize like well maybe the house is haunted that I, maybe it's like paranormal activity and this is something that's watching over them and the shutter little blurb about it says you'll find out that something's watching over the children so i kind of tried to take that to heart and yeah. on my second watch i just can't i can't form anything and it, it, it i want to believe that everything is given to you for a reason. So why would they tell you that this child fell down the stairs and hit their head if there is no reason for it? So I'm, I'm kind of focusing on that and wondering, is this hallucinatory? Is this just the delusions of a six year old boy with a severe concussion? But that too would make sense. I mentioned before that it splits point of views that we're focusing on another character who I, I guess she stabs herself in the eyes because the skin of Marine tells her to because she didn't listen to it and somehow loses her mouth. And we, we just drastically moved to these things. Nothing's really on screen. You don't see any of this. There's no gore. There's no suffering or pain. It's just like, yeah, read the Wikipedia article and it says this stuff, but I don't see it. I don't yeah. know where other people see it either is the, the thing I'm really struggling with. Linus, I'm sorry you were going to go. Yeah, I was just going to say that, I mean, even if this if this has no story and it's just a bunch of imagery, like, that would be fine if the imagery was interesting. Going back to Ennis Main, that's, I like I said before, I, I don't know where it's about. There's not a lot of characterization in it. It's just some weird happenings on a spooky island, and that's fine because it's really well made. This isn't. This is just a bunch of static and carpet and walls and... uh yeah, bollocks. <laughs> yep. Uh any other thoughts? I feel like I feel like we've spent more more time like just thinking about its intent 
than the actual movie's length. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe the thought put behind the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I any think other there probably thought? was a, a great deal of thought put into it, just looking at where Heck comes from into, uh, I, I guess, Sarcophagus. I don't know why I can't think of Skiddly Minks or Skiddly Dinks. Or, <laughs> I know the song, too, the Skiddly Dinka Dinka Dinka, I love you, but that also doesn't appear in the movie that nothing, right. the title isn't referenced, which you don't always have to do, but it just seems so bizarre that uh, there's so many things that, could work for this movie. There are, are, and I'm not saying it had to have narrative. You could have stuck with this exact format, but at least allowing us to have a point of view or an understanding of the characters or something that would allow us to humanize. Like I can't relate to this. And, and Justin had brought up at the beginning of the episode that he doesn't have dreams like this. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, I can't even in a dream world relate to this. And as I referenced inland empire, at least with that, yeah, I can. At least I, I can get behind how I know so many comparisons with this film to David Lynch. I can get behind David Lynch's dream world aspect and, and talking backward and things only making sense in mirror universes because there's at least something to conceptualize and, and dig into and go off with. And there are characters and arcs. This was just sort of I, I, I don't know, thinking of, of the short film Heck, this is a, a stretch here. But it almost reminded me, and there's a mention of the film that somebody had cancer is getting over it, that this is like dying, that this is just like this weird, you're in a hospice care, dosed on medicine, laying there dying thoughts. And it's just this weird lack of world. You're in between two worlds. Maybe you're in the you're moving to death and you're still stuck in life in this transition. But there's nothing explicitly said in the film that would indicate or be indicative of that being what we're seeing. But it's just a thought. That this is so confusing because maybe somebody, maybe the little boy's dying because he hit his head. I don't, I'm reaching for straws, just uh, hoping for something, but there's nothing to hope for. Yeah. All right. Final verdicts. Here we go. Death by DVD, boys. Your thoughts on if we said watch like that. (laughs) That'd be the real twist. It's a watch now, but no, it's still, uh, for me, it's a skip. Yeah, it's 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 a raging hard skip. It's a skip for Shitamarink. I don't know why it took yeah. me that long to come up with Shitamarink, but it did. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a huge skip for me. Like I would even say, don't even try to stream it. Don't even go. Yeah, it's awful. Do uh, your taxes uh, instead if you haven't done them yet. You know, <laughs> plan your circumcision. There's a lot yeah. that you can get done. Huh? Yeah. Rip your own fingernail off. Do that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say rip your own dick off. No. <laughs> with the do it at like, home. That's, that's no, one no, no. way to do it, I guess. No, no, no. At least get some numbing spray or something. Please don't do your own circumcisions at home. And please don't rip off your fingernail. We are not telling you to do that. But I'm telling you, you can find much better things to do than yeah, to watch this movie. That's what this movie is. You know how when you get that pins and needle feeling because you went numb? That It's the visual representation of pins and needles. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. You just want it to go away. I saw Amen. somebody on Twitter saying, well, this is a great movie to get fucked up to. And it's like, on what? I mean, paint thinner. <laughs> what would you want to do while watching this movie? You can't. Uh, there's you. You sometimes, and that's a statement. If a drug can't make a movie better, there's nothing that can be done for this movie. But there's not any cocktail of barbiturates or 
synthetics, anything on the planet that could make this experience better. It would just set you off into a terrible, dismal, dark place. Don't do LSD and watch this movie. Watch uh, anything else, literally anything else. Yellow Submarine. There you go. Watch that. Good <laughs> Fantastic Planet. My favorite. Well, yes, wait, wait, no, 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 better. Drugs. So I don't better. get high. I'm sorry. I just meant... Like when I went to zone out, I watched Fantastic Planet. <laughs> Don't add, yeah, we're no advocation of drugs or any uh, right. anything else. Yes. If ever there was a film to be blind for, it's Skin of a Ring. Oh my God. Can that go as the quote? <laughs> yeah, that's on the, it. On the box cover. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right. So, Harry, Linus, Death by DVD, what's coming up next? And how can our listeners dive into all that's Death by DVD? We're finally unveiling our, and I don't even know what to call it anymore. We have recorded hours and hours and hours about the work of William Friedkin, and it's slowly beginning to come out. We just released an episode on his 1970 film, The Boys in the Band, and we shortly will have a three-part special on cruising. That it's It was a four-hour recording, so it is a mouthful, pun intended, on cruising. <laughs> Very excited. And then we have some other, we're, we're venturing into some Japanese and Asian territory, and we will have some Japanese horror films coming out uh, around March that we'll be covering. Uh, uh, hopefully exciting. We also we have a new some J-horror. Film. I'm sorry, go ahead. We also have a new host on the show that we're very excited about, uh, Mr. James Ellis of Weeping Tutor Productions. So that's a, it's a big thing for us being able to introduce him and show him off. We're very proud to have him. Ooh, well, m- maybe Mr. Ellis can uh, grace us with his presence at some point. Yes, Linus will have to figure that, would, that one out. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we can make, make it work. I have a new laptop now, which actually works. So uh, things like that may be possible. He'd be a great deal of fun. That, that's oh, yes, something that yeah, should happen. definitely. And uh, you did mention there was a Patreon for Death by DVD, but how else can they reach you guys? You can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's all Death by DVD. And if you head to our website, deathbydvd.com, there's a little page called Who's Who, and you can find the social medias for Linus Fitness Center, myself, James Ellis, and every other guest, including Justin, from this very great show, Watch Skip Plus, and how to find them, just all on deathbydvd.com. Woohoo! Uh, yes. So if you, um, if you have listened to death by DVD, if you love them, if you have thoughts on skinamarink, skinamarink, if we got it wrong, reach out to us. You can, uh, email watch skip plus at watch skip plus spell out all the words, no punctuation at gmail.com. We also have Facebook presence, Twitter presence, uh, Instagram, uh normally if you if you are act interacting with watch skip plus on any of the social media it tends to be me but uh red will jump in every now and mm-hmm. then we often forgot forget to parenthesize who's making the comment just because well who cares <laughs> yeah i can tell you right now if it's facebook it's me that one i can give you a dead giveaway for yes. but and Nine times out of ten, if it's Instagram, it's it's also me. Um, please don't forget also to potentially leave us a review, or even if you want to leave us a voicemail or a message to read out onto the air that we can react to, you can either use the message me button at our um, anchor.fm website, which is anchor.fm backslash watch hyphen skip. 
Or you can simply record your audio recording and then email it to us, and we'll certainly do that. Uh, please leave us any reviews. Hopefully, they will be five-star reviews, but we'd also like to know how to improve. Um, if you like us, if you like Death by DVD, we'd also highly recommend The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, as well as Not a Bomb, uh, Silva and Gold, uh, Cult of Muscle, uh, VHS Files. Justin, am I missing anybody else? Married with Clickers and the Feminine Critique. And there I you think go. that's it. Absolutely. And Justin. Ah, well, listen, we hope you never skip a Marink. You always listen and that you remember that you are the plus. I was going to try to say, like, listen to Marink, but that didn't sound good in my head. So I was I like, I just. That could have actually Marink. worked none of the half. But you know what? We'll, we'll stick with just skip a Marink because last time I tried getting creative at the end of one of these episodes, <laughs> it went south. But you know what? I do like shit a Marink. <laughs> I don't know why it took me this long to think great. I just shit a Marink. It was right there. <laughs> it's not even, it didn't appear on my list. I've got Slinky Dinks, Skid Marks, Shrinky Dinks, Stinky Feet. Skibbity Bob, Soup Bob. Salad, I, Sybil Shepherd was one of them, Skin Tag, Sarcophagus, Super Sport, and then Ernie Ball Original Slinky Guitar Strings. <laughs> <laughs> I love those. I love them. Oh, Lemmy Winks would have been another one to make a South Ooh, Park That reference. would have been great. Damn it. I just thought of Lemmy Winks. Lemmy Winks. Oh, see, I'm singing after we're done recording. <laughs> somehow, somehow Jose and Harry's song, but I didn't sing. B-roll. You got, you got some B-roll here you can put out for yeah. special purposes. Well, they, they got the wrestling connection and my Hulk Hogan impersonation. So at least they got those two on the bingo card. And Jose t- saying people are cute. And not entirely successful. And there was some <laughs> Katy Perry in the background at some point, too. Yeah. There was. 